Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's weekly Nintendo show. I am this week's host, Peer Schneider, but with me are some people that I like much better than myself, including Zach Ryan. One, two, three, four, five. Ryan Altano. Six, seven, eight, nine. And Casey DeFritas. And 11, 12? Y'all don't why, know that song? Why are we singing Sesame Song? I don't know. I've had Sesame it stuck in my head all day. I'm sorry. Okay. That's what great. is that? It's a song to teach children how to count to 12. Oh, good. I yeah. got the lyrics right. Yeah. <laughs> and so as we, you know, as as Zach hinted at uh, in the last episode, we're, we're switching off hosting duties a little bit because we're, we're very, very busy and we're trying to spread the love around a little bit. Um, we've got a really... Pat show today, I think. Uh, you know, we're going to cover something uh, something old, something new, something borrowed, and something a little scary, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice so, rhyme. Yeah. Little, little uh, you know, like scary, like the, the president of Nintendo saying that they might not make consoles in the future. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But before that, you wanted to say something uh, after last week. Uh, so yeah, thing. so last week we, um, we caught a lot of heat from the Fire Emblem community because we, uh, we misspoke about uh, a number of Fire Emblem-related things. And I just wanted to apologize to that community and say, that uh, there was probably some additional research to have been done. Um, Pear is by far and away the biggest Fire Emblem fan, I think, on our panel. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that uh, we should probably leave those conversations to the experts. And like, Pear, I, uh, I just wanted to apologize to you and I wanted to apologize to the community because I, I do feel like I misspoke on a couple of things. You know, honestly, so. it was, I, I was zoning out too. It was our first episode after the holiday break and we were, you were one we, man short. We came in a little hot. So yeah. Put this yeah. on me. And, yeah. uh, and if you had been here, Brian, <laughs> but, I would have done all the heavy lifting on the Fire Emblem. But I didn't even realize until I rewatched the clip you said Fire Emblem Three Horses? Three houses. Three, three heroes. heroes. Yeah. <laughs> it starts with an H. I yeah. apologize. It's it's yeah. hopefully it's water under the bridge. And again, apologies to the Fire Emblem community if we upset anybody. For the record, I played every single game in the Fire Emblem franchise. Is that true? All of them? Including uh, the Japan only releases. And I'm not a fan of heroes. Do you so play I horses? Any, uh, I played uh, Three Horses too, <laughs> which is great. Anyway, let's uh, get on with the show. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Um, um, you know, let's first, uh, let's go into the big news because, uh, you know, people were talking about whether there would be a Nintendo Direct early on in January and there was the infamous Nintendo Twitter Direct where suddenly, you know, the Nintendo Twitter account just kind of tweeted out casually these little news nuggets that would have been really cool in, the, in a bigger nuggets. Direct. Um, including Lorther, news nuggets, <laughs> news nuggets, including uh, a game from Capcom coming to the Switch yeah. that I don't think any of us ever considered coming to the Switch? No. Yeah. Did you? No, I didn't. I mean, I thought they're... So they came out with um, Dark Arisen on the PS3. Well, well, they so were, there were yeah. a couple of re-releases. So there it's Dragon's Dogma, of, yeah. right. Dark Arisen, mm -hmm. which has dragons in it, which means you played it. Well, I did. I played it when it first came out in, what, 2012? Yep. And it's an open action RPG, so it's more Western-oriented than Japanese, even though it's from a Japanese company. Yep. It's a lot more like Oblivion than you would say, like, I don't know, Dragon Quest or something okay. like that. Okay. So um, is it is it Capcom's Monster Hunter? Is that fair to say? Or more what? Elder Capcom Scrolls? Is, Capcom Monster is Hunter is Monster Hunter. Hunter. Uh, people, people say this is a... <laughs> Sorry, Monster Hunter community. I'm <laughs> Tune in next week for that retraction. Oh, no. Um, it has some D&D vibes. I don't know. It's I didn't play that much. I played about 10 hours and I never yep. finished it. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for it to come to Switch because now I will finish it. And I know Dark Arisen has some changes in it that Capcom implemented after getting community feedback from the original game. And right. it has additional content, like another dungeon. Like voice acting. I mean, the, and, in 2013 yeah, for the re-release, they added a ton of stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. And basically, so you can choose a class, basically, in the beginning. Um, I think it's a Strider fighter and mage and then as you progress in the game you can branch out to other classes like um if you pick strider you can become a uh, magic archer which is a combination between mage and um strider and you can also become a ranger which focuses on like bow attacks so you can have a lot of customization there on your character and they also have this cool pawn system which was very interesting at the time i never really saw a game that did that but every person in the game makes their own pawn which is your NPC friend. That Are you saying you. pawn, like a chess like, pawn? Yeah, because it actually okay. makes a lot of sense because Florida, the story... What, yeah. Am I pronouncing yeah. it weird? I, I heard He's used to German heard, accents. For some reason I heard pond and I was like, everyone's out there just landscaping? That's kind of nice, but... No, so a pawn is basically a shell of a person who's complete... Not a, yeah, I was going to say not like myself. <laughs> whose complete purpose is to follow that dimension and worlds arisen yeah, in okay. the quest 
whatever that quest in Dragon's Dogma is. I'm sorry, so I can't remember. I think it's to kill the dragon, but I'm not entirely sure. I know there's some twists that happen in the game. So So that's where that's where the character creator comes yeah. in. It has this really elaborate character creator. If you if you uh look up some YouTube videos, there's some Truly really funny, frightening creations that people share with the world out there. Well, you shared with us um, King of the Hill. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. people made uh, people <laughs> make all sorts yeah. of like. It's a little bit. I mean, it's a little bit like with a me creator, right? Like people try to make approximations of famous people and characters, and they're just a ton of those. But I, I mean, first of all, the the team behind Dragon's Dogma, they they were pretty renowned uh, uh, designers, right? Worked on uh, uh, Devil May Cry, Power mm-hmm. Stone, and uh, Breath of Fire, which when I uh, when I played my Super Famicom, I loved Breath of Fire yeah. um, back in the day in the RPG series. I think almost forgotten, right? That's a they, that's some pretty serious uh, RPG pedigree. Yeah. Breath of Fire is sort of the one of those underlooked RPG series. Breath of Fire Two is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Has dragons too. Yeah, yeah it, it does. does. It also has a lot of big monster fighting. Yep. So if you're a fan of The Witcher okay. or Skyrim so or that's, any that's of those kind of games, you will like this game. And the combat is especially interesting because you can actually climb onto the monsters and deal damage to them. Cool. Are you going to play this, Brian? Reminded me of Shadow of the Colossus. Um, Possibly, but I think the bigger story for me personally is that this is showing that Capcom as a developer is not afraid to dig into their weird archives (laughs) and put stuff on Switch. And we, I mean, we already know about the Resident Evil ports coming this year. Uh, Those are obviously big wins, no-brainers. But Capcom has a deep history of stuff that from last gen and the gen before that you probably don't necessarily assume would make sense on Switch. What about Dark Void on Switch? Yeah. Bring but, that back. But at first, so so actually, I, I skipped Dragon's Dogma when it came out. But there were a lot of positive voices in the office. I think we gave it, uh, we gave the game a seven point nine. So you know, high high end of good, almost great. Um, I I ignored it at the time. I was busy with something. I don't remember. I don't remember where Probably it was in twenty twelve. But I did. I was thinking about playing it. Uh, there was a re release on the current gen consoles mm-hmm. in twenty seventeen, and yes. I was thinking about playing it and skipped it. Um, and now I'm happy. Friend of the I show, to, to play on the go. Friend of the show, Alana Pierce, uh, former IGN. Uh, this is one of her all-time favorite games. Yep. That she spent many, many times, many conversations trying to convince me to go back and play it, especially when they did the HD re-release. This is an awesome opportunity. I've always kind of assumed that it had more of like a Dark Souls vibe to it, but is that not really the case? Like- so it has that um, real-time action type mm-hmm. combat, but it was actually made for people who aren't that good at action RPGs in mind. It was made with those people in mind so they would be able to pick it up and play it and do it well. Nice. Um, And I think some of the classes, depending on the class, will help you Like if you're not that great. I can't remember exactly what it is, so I'm not going to spread misinformation. But I think one of the classes has it so if you get knocked down, you get a second chance, so you'll come back with some HP. Mm. Or it allows you to... Get back into combat quicker. I don't know. I didn't use that class. So plus, it's all, plus, it's got all those cool pawns. Mm-hmm. Well, so that was just you make your NPC character, and then you can actually go on the board and recruit other players' pawns into your party. Okay. But, like, say I made a pawn, you can go online and then recruit my pawn into your party. Great. And then send them back to me, and I would get stuff. You could send them, yeah. You could send them with like a gift or something. Okay, nice. that's kind of cool. cool. Awesome. Uh, that wasn't the only announcement. Uh, and again, Dragon's Dogma. I don't think anybody could have predicted this. No, one. no. Uh, Does this mean we're going to get a Dragon's Dogma two? Oh, well, that, probably I mean, not. Probably yeah, has no correlation. I think what it means <laughs> is, as long as these games keep on selling, the publishers will dig into uh, the last gen and maybe the last last gen for some of these overlooked games. And like, I think a lot of Nintendo fans ignored these games when they first came out. It did, and, and so yeah. it's new. <laughs> it's new games to them, including me. Uh, so it's great. Uh, but Nintendo also showed a new trailer for uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, mm-hmm. and they finally gave us a firm release date, which is. Uh, March 29th. What do you guys uh, what do you guys think of the footage? You watch it? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um you can preload the game right now, which is really cool. It's it's got a firm release date, which means we finally know we're going to be playing this sooner than I think I thought. I yeah, thought I like assumed it was thing. I, I thought it was going to be like another one of those Nintendo E3 games. Like, yeah. I thought it was going to come out like right before E3. Yep. Um, yeah. My, the only thing that like, because they announced this uh, around the same time as Kirby, which we'll get to in a second, but um, this probably means that Animal Crossing isn't their big spring game, which mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. But did Maybe you think that it was going to be their big spring yeah, game? Yeah, I did. Gonna oh, I thought that was Christmas fall. game. Yeah, I thought that was fall. Maybe they'll fall? focus on yeah. well, they're maybe oh, they'll focus on Animal Crossing at E3 and make their big display all about Animal Crossing. Oh, that would so. be kind of cool. Oh, yeah, God, if I can what, chop down a tree what, at E3. What do you guys think about everything being furry? I love it. Fuzzy, yeah. you mean? So yeah. cute. It's furry. And felt, felty. 
Furry is a very different thing. Um, okay, <laughs> they're very fuzzy looking. I mean, that's that's the thing too. for that's the thing for these these games like Yoshi and uh, what's this guy's name uh, Kirby. They <laughs> they each get their own sort of visual style for yeah. for each game, right? Like um, we've clay, seen clay, or, yeah, we've seen craft, wool, yarn. we've seen all this stuff. So like, I like this sort of fuzzy approach. I wonder if if we touch it, we'll get dizzy. I hope oh so. Oh my god. I let's, do. Let's hope not. Uh, Nintendo also gave us a release date for uh, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. Uh, if you guys remember, that was announced in uh, September of last year mm-hmm. uh, that we'd be getting a Wii port on the 3DS. I, I Actually, I'm curious to see if we'll see them dig more into the Wii library now for 3DS games and yeah. then GameCube and Wii U library for Switch. You know, Maybe so. I yep. mean, we saw uh, Yoshi's Woolly World come to 3DS last year mm-hmm. in a really good port. Um, I like this idea of uh, the same way that they're putting their back catalog onto Switch uh, in some regard, I, I like the idea of them taking some of these games and putting them on uh, 3DS yep. as well. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, that was what Luigi's Mansion for GameCube, which was a GameCube launch game, came in the 3DS right. just yep. a few months ago. It's a, it's it's, it's a weird. Mi- it's a mix, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's millions of them out there. 3DS is not Luigi's Mansion. It's uh-huh. Well, that too, but uh, uh, there's only three. Yeah. yeah, it's cool to see the sort of the swans, swan songs of this system are are games that were kind of some of the bigger products in, in their heydays of the GameCube and the Wii and stuff like that. Um, maybe that means that towards the end of the Switch's life cycle, we'll start to see ports like this, but hopefully sooner than later. But but, lady and gentlemen, I, I think it's important to always remember when you see one of these games coming to come come to 3DS or, or Switch, the fact that if you go back ten years in time, we wouldn't have thought that we'd be playing these games in a portable. You know, there were all indicators that portable gaming was going to go into a different direction. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly mobile gaming, you wouldn't imagine playing these intricate platformers without a stick and all that. It's really cool that we're seeing these games on handheld and yeah. hybrid handhelds I, nowadays. I think it's always sort of surprised me how, just at how powerful the 3DS is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Super Mario 64 first came out for the original DS, it, it kind of blew my hair back that you could play Super Mario on the go. And that's a similar feeling to, to a lot of the games that we get on Switch. But what are you laughing about? I was looking at me because I was about to say, same, and I haven't grown it back since. Something similar. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was waiting for um, blow my hair back, Joe. But uh, uh, <laughs> Yoshi's Woolly World is a great port, and yeah. it plays super fluidly, yeah. and it, it, that's that's an even newer game on a less powerful console. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, I think because, the ports are very impressive. The way that they and they ditch the, the 3D element, right, yes. for a lot of these games, and that lo- allows them to open up to a lot more processing power. Although, Perry, you have a theory about when the Kirbys arrive. Yeah, well, usually when a Kirby game gets released or multiple, it means it's the end of the system. Okay, so we can finally... <laughs> but I feel like we've been getting a lot of Kirby games on 3DS, that, though. That's true. Unfortunately, Nintendo heard about that theory and just vetoed it. And do you they're think like, they're We're doing just it? only going to make Kirby games. You think they're doing it just to spite you? Just to spite mm-hmm. us, yeah, for sure. Schneider! Yeah. And they put, they put out a Kirby game in the first year of Switch, and yep. that's that's still living. So. I think they were seeing how whether it could weather the curse, and then it would be a success. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, we had something bored, we had something old, we had something new. No, no, now we're getting to something really old, and yes. that's uh, <laughs> Nintendo announced the next batch of games for Nintendo Online uh, for January. So these games will be available on the 16th of the this month, and if you live in the United States and the Western Hemisphere, you'll be getting Zelda 2, mm-hmm. The Legend of Zelda 2, and Blaster Master, uh, Zelda 2 from 1987, Blaster Master from 1988, and then uh, it's a weird number because usually we get three games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you live in Japan or you're smart, you're also getting uh, a game over there called Joy Mech Fight. That uh, Joy Mech Fight never came out uh, in the U.S. Uh, that was a very late Famicom game released in 1993. So the system was already 10 years old. Yeah. Which is why we didn't get it. But why don't they take that opportunity to give it to us now? Right. Um. <laughs> well, I don't know, but you can take that opportunity and download the Famicom game app you're and right. just access them from there. I looked up gameplay videos for this game because yep. I've never played it before. This is definitely something that I didn't even think existed. I think it's um, like Jared Petty loves this game. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. It's um it's a it's a sort of disjointed Rayman slash Vector Man fighting game where the characters are robots but they don't have limbs. Yep. And it's like just it's really blurry and floaty looking. Um the art direction behind like the menus and the story cutscenes are really cool. But the actual gameplay itself, it's like it's an NES fighting game. It yeah. is like, right it, off it the is, bat is like it uh, is honestly I mean it's it's worth playing uh and again I think it was Jared who lent me the cartridge it is worth uh playing Ooh, uh, <laughs> Greetings. Oh, there. um 
because it is almost a precursor to Smash Brothers. This is Nintendo trying a fighting game, you know, obviously not with uh, with kind of like Street Fighter sp- sprites, but by having almost these kind of yep. like bubbly robots. And Sukapon, the main robot character, if you play Smash Brothers Ultimate, he's actually an assist mm-hmm. and he's oh, in there as a spirit. So they haven't forgotten about this title. But yeah, this is not a game that needs, that requires you to read a lot of English. It is, there's a fan translation, obviously, in the ROM world. It has Japanese names for the characters. But like, they should have just put this out over here. Yeah, especially in lieu of the fact that, A, we didn't know what we were going to get for January on NES Online until yesterday. Mm -hmm. And B, there's only two games. And like we've said before, at this rate, it's going to take them, like, what, 40 years to get every game out from the NES library on a Switch? Um, That said, Zelda 2... I adore that game. Um, I totally understand why people hate that game. I think it's awesome. It's hard as hell. People hate that game because it was... It was, Thank you. There, our producer Dan loves it, but it, people hate it because it's different from the yes, first one. Yeah. so difficult, and it's kind of like a side story in that after after it, we went back to the overworld and top down view of the mm-hmm. first game, and not a focus on jumping. Yeah. yeah, right. I will. I will say, if you're playing that game for the first time, play it like an RPG for the first few well, hours. It is grind real. a lot, level up a lot, um, and then use save states if you have to. Just get through it because it's really fun. Uh, the puzzle design and combat and levels are really music. great. The music Music's is really awesome. good. Fun fact: only Zelda that I've never finished. Is, uh, really? Uh, Zelda 2. Now's your okay. chance. So we know why? It's because I'm big wuss. It is. No, I think you could do it. It's, uh, the other note that I wanted to say about Blaster Master, uh, Blaster Master has one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. It's awesome. The music in Blaster Master is so dope. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's great. That's actually another, that's another like very hard classic NES game that I never finished. Yeah. Um, I never played it. I never played the NES wow, version. Wow, really? Yeah, only the it'll, really? Release, it'll be yeah. fun for folks that, that played uh, the new Blaster new Master one? at Switch's launch yep, to go yep. back and see the, the roots on this. I think it, that's kind of cool. It's totally the same I DNA. didn't even know this existed. I have no idea what that <laughs> is. Blaster Master, it's a story about a boy. A robot that drives a tank. It's a it's a boy that gets a, a pet boy. frog yeah. that falls into a hole in his backyard that ac- accidentally is this like a subterranean galaxial portal <laughs> to are you, hell. Are you sure this isn't some weird story to some creepy pasta comic or something? Sure, online? that too could be. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I, I was an adventure. In, um, <laughs> but the cool thing about this game is it mixes sort of side-scrolling vehicular combat with uh, top-down uh, shooting and exploration. exploration. So yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's really weird. Uh, if if you're interested. Zach just mentioned it, but uh, when the Switch launched, Blaster Master Zero, I think it was called? Blaster Master Remaster Master. Remaster Master Zero Mission Master Raster. Uh, launched on Switch, and it's awesome, and it's got like Shovel Knight and a bunch of other weird stuff. Yeah, you, you can know? play it, yeah. yeah. It's really cool. I was uh, I was a guest on the Nintendo Power Podcast in December, and Chris, right about it. Chris Slate, uh, I am right now, <laughs> and uh, Chris Slate, who hosts that show, um, you know, he, he does this quiz, like uh, you have to guess a game that was released 20 years ago, 20, uh, 10 years ago, and so forth. And uh, Blaster Master is one of the few um, games that I didn't play, and of course that was the uh, oh, no. NES game. Oh. But I, I actually said, I actually said... Um, Master Blaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't give me the point for it. Aww. I said Master Blaster, and then I moved on. You should have given me the point, man. Uh, which is, of course, a, a character <laughs> in the uh, Mad Max uh, right. universe. I think that's what we used to call it. A tiny man sitting on a big man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, that should be a game, too. Uh, just a quick uh, note on some of the games that are out this week. Uh, there are about 954,000 new indie games out on the uh, Nintendo Switch. And uh, Brian was on vacation, so I couldn't play them all for you this time. But I'm sure we'll hear all about it next week. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mario & Luigi uh, Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey is coming out this week on the 3DS. So is that's that... a port of the DS game. From Do you think that's the longest title in games history? No. Mario and Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story, plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey. So I, I know, I know there. That is a long title. There's some Japanese game titles where I remember when we we're entering them into our database, the field wasn't long enough. Right. This yeah. might be the longest Nintendo first party. Maybe. Title? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's up there. Um, but so that's coming out. It's a it's a good game if you haven't played that yet. Uh, it's it's nice that you get another chance. It feels feels fairly recent. Like I. I was surpri- surprised to learn it was from 2009. I was going to say, can Where? you believe that game is 10 years old? Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Um, yeah. And then also uh, Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition uh, is out for the Switch. Um, you played that game? I did not play that game. I played Tales on the 360. I don't remember which one it was. Okay. But I remember there was co-op, which is the reason why I picked it up, because I was looking for something to play. So, but, um, it's very a, pretty game. It, yeah, it's an action RPG, and you go around the world... I don't know. I haven't played it, but 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just stop then. No, yeah, stop. yeah. But yeah. I do know that the the battle is in real time, and how co op works is that when you go into battle, someone else can control one of your party members. So when you're not in battle, it's a single player game. But when you go into battle, you can play with another person. So we'll see. Maybe next week. Uh, um, you know, next week, we definitely have some people who love this uh, this franchise. Yeah. Maybe we can have a, a guest on to talk about this one. Yeah. Um, but I if do, you, I do know it's the 10th anniversary of the 2008 release okay ish i don't know that's what it said it was supposed to be celebrating but we're getting uh we're definitely getting prettier graphics um i you know i'm loving i'm every rpg that releases on the switch makes me happy because i know it'll be uh it'll be a success in japan and mm -hmm. the system's really taken off over there it's really really good to see that yeah it's cool renewed interest in nintendo over there in japan yeah this um, is another game that i want to play so you know these are these are some of the the smaller games. You know you notice a lot of re-releases. Well, there's a bigger re-release as well um, this week, and that's New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, which is uh, you know we talked a little that bit about title. it uh, last week, mm -hmm. um, and you were worried to share your impressions because you thought we were under embargo. We were not, mm -hmm. so you can actually talk about it. And by the way. We've played this game a long time yeah. ago. Six years ago. <laughs> yeah, we played this game for a very long time ago, um, and now we're playing it again. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, if you've never played it on the Wii U, I, it's it's definitely worth picking up. Um, there, there there was a little bit of negativity around this title when it first came out, because with the Wii U, we were, you know, everybody was expecting greatness from uh, Mario's creators and something more akin to, you know, Galaxy 2 or, yep. or a major 3D game. And so this wasn't, at the time, it wasn't what people wanted. But then you started to play it, and you really realized the, the genius of pulling this game off with a four-player mode. And then just, you know, it, it's just filled with really cool puzzles. The difficulty ramps I think uh, up. Uh, it starts I, a little slow. Yeah, I think yeah. that that negativity was sort of also echoed by the fact that this was, at the time, I believe the third or fourth new Super Mario Bros. Mm -hmm. game in this art style. Yeah, and that's there right. was, there was really cranking them out at the time. Yeah, and yeah. there was definitely some fatigue with that. Um, that said, I genuinely believe this is the best one um it's the best looking of the new of the of the new super mario brothers games yep. not of the mario brothers games but i think this is uh, a fantastic co-op game if you missed it which you probably did um yeah. or maybe you didn't if you're listening to the show you're a hardcore nintendo fan but uh if you missed it on wii u um this is one of the best like co-op uh sort of same screen action platforming games yep. you can play uh it's completely chaotic when you play with people who are good and positive it's a wonderful charming experience when you, when you play with psychopaths who pick you up and throw you into the hole all the time and kill you it's equally fun for different reasons and you'll be screaming at each other uh they added some new stuff around like the uh this crown that Peach only shit. works with one character and so the weird thing about this now is um when you play as toadette she effectively acts as easy mode, mm -hmm. and uh, Nabbit is very easy mode. So uh, some of the stuff I didn't get to try out but I read about is that you're kind of forced into using those characters when you play as four-player. So you won't notice that stuff if you play in co-op or maybe even two or three players. But with four players, it gets uh, it sort of pushes one of you into automatically being one of those characters. Mm -hmm. Secondly, that crown that you saw, that power-up that turns you into Peachette, only works with uh, Toadette. Toadette. Mm -hmm. So... That's kind of odd. Also, this game ditches one of the modes that was on the Wii U, which is that touchscreen mode. I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember. It let you draw blocks to sort of assist other players, um, but you could or also troll them. Or mess them up. Or mess them up, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's gone here, uh, uh, probably for technical reasons. That said, there's dozens of really awesome levels here. It's just super fun. Um, this is a no-brainer on Switch. Uh, I... I really so, love this game. I agree with you that uh, of the new Super Mario Brothers games, to me, this is probably number two only behind the original new Super Mario Brothers. Um, I think I like that one a little bit more. Um, and that very well could be just because that was like the first return to like, the, the DS TV. one. Yeah, the yeah. first DS game. Um, I've been playing this game, and it has sort of reminded me that I kind of dislike the new Super Mario Brothers series. <laughs> um, like, I mean, I love Mario games, and I love a, a 2D platformer, and this is both of those. But as a Mario game, the new Super Mario franchise has never particularly been my favorite. I think I said this last week, but like, mm -hmm. I'm not a super big fan of the art style. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the thing about playing these games is like, I've been playing as Toadette, which is easy mode, but it also because she feels closer to the physics of the original Mario games. I feel like Mario and Luigi in these games has always felt a little bit floaty. Yeah. The physics are a little bit floatier. The the addition of like the double jumps and the twist jumps and things like that complicate the game for me in a way that like 
in Super Mario World, you ran and you jumped and you glided. And yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. And in this game, you have so many different movesets to your, uh, available to you that one of the things that is interesting about this game in particular is that, yes, Toadette is, is easy mode, but Peachette is super easy mode in that you can access places as Peachette and get secrets and things that you can only get as Mario or Luigi with different costumes or like mm. by making these like insane jumps. Because she like gets a like double that. jump, right? She gets a double jump and you can also do a thing. Um, a float. You can float, uh, but you can also do a thing that is available to Mario and Luigi and Toad with the uh, squirrel costume in that there's a last ditch effort where if you flick uh, the controller, you'll shoot back up like that one. <laughs> um, and Peachet can do that all the time. So she doesn't need a special power-up to do that. So there are areas that you can reach so much easier as Peachette. Um, so I've been playing through as Toadette because it makes a 100% run much easier. Like, finding those golden coins are, are much more simple when you've got those characters. But ultimately, like, this game to me is is great, but I'll, I'll never love the Super Mario, mm. new Super Mario franchise the way that I love, like, the 3D Mario games or the original Mario Brothers. Sure. Games. So, again, like, I feel like it, feel it lacks, it lacks a little, like, personality-wise, it's a little lacking. And it, it's a game that was uh, kind of going up against Rayman Legends. Yeah. Right? yeah. Rayman yeah. had, like, all this humor and crazy characters and, like, really beautiful hand-drawn art. And Rhythm I, sections. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I firmly believe the four-player is not as successful in Rayman um, compared to this. But... Um, it just had so much more charm, and this felt a little staid at the time. Um, I do like, though, that um, with the crown, you now have, for one player, you have a power-up that can't be gobbled up by the other players, right. mm-hmm. which which kind of changes the dynamic a little bit. Because sometimes people accidentally take, like, three mushrooms in a row, yeah. and everybody's like, hey, come on, you know? But so, the, and this can't happen with this one. The annoying thing about the Peachette crown, sorry, Brian, I don't mean to cut That's you okay. off, but mm-hmm. the, the one thing that bothers me, and maybe there's a, a way around this that I just haven't discovered yet, but if you're playing through the game as... Mario or Luigi, you can switch characters at any time, but you'll get Peachette crowns in levels when you're playing as other characters, Mm -hmm. and that eats up one of the spaces in your inventory, Mm. which is like, well, this is great that I have this, but now I either absolutely have to switch a character or just forfeit this space that I could have put an acorn or a mushroom or a fire flower or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you can't throw them away. One of the no. things I was thinking uh, maybe about, I, I, I'm not sure. I just haven't discovered it. Yet, oh right, so. right, right. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about that um, seems like a huge miss here is that between the launch of this game and the relaunch of this game, now uh, we got Mario Maker, which is a game that allowed uh-huh. you to switch between multiple art styles. Yeah, and that would have been really cool to have implemented here to play this entire game with Super Mario World graphics or Super wow. Mario One graphics. Um, to that, I think that would alleviate the <laughs> fatigue we have on this, like, admittedly not great art style. It wouldn't do really anything for the music, I don't think, but because um, the music's I didn't think about like that. That's yeah. a great yeah. idea. You yeah. would have to redesign a lot of things because mm-hmm. the, the blocks uh, and obviously the kind of diagonal lines sure, didn't yeah. exist in Weird, those art styles. But Weirdly, this game has a lot more in tune, I would say, like, DNA-wise with the original Mario Brothers than it does something like 3 or World. Mm-hmm. In terms of actually, like, the, the way the core levels unfold... Um, because you don't you don't get a cape. You can't just go fly off yeah. into mm-hmm. everything else. Um, it's it it feels a little more grounded in that way because, because of the four around, player. Yeah. yeah, it's built around the multiplayer yep. element, and so you can't have somebody just sort of disappear off screen. But um, like I said, I think a lot of people miss this. Um, we gave it, I believe, an eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and I I, th- I think it's a really good game. So I think if, an eight is right on the money too. Totally. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you guys since we we're we've gotten this re-release of New Super Mario Brothers from the the Wii U. Uh, it is obvious Nintendo is interested in ke- keeping the Mario story alive while they're cranking away on the next sequel to Odyssey or whatever it should be. Um, where do you think uh, Super Mario Origins? Yeah, Origins. There you go. So we, we haven't we haven't enough. Uh, we don't have enough Origins <laughs> games. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like Assassin's Creed Origins very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what game do you think they should go back to, uh, to next? Like, what uh, past game would you love to see ported to the Switch out of the core Mario franchise? And maybe we'll start with uh, with Brian on this one. Uh, Super Mario 64. Okay. Yeah. So you're going back to, like, the most influential ones. Yeah, I honestly still, I still think it's the best 3D Mario. Okay. I do. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it, I think it balances the collectathon and and the sort of discovery and boss fights and cool varied worlds. I like the painting mechanic of jumping in and like just being able to access a different star and the parameters of the world changes uh, depending on which one you chose. Um, this is a game, you know, Zach. It blew your hair back on the DS. Mm-hmm. That was so long ago, yeah. And we've never really had a modernized version of that game. Well, that's, the DS version is not a very good version either. It's like, mm, yeah, it the, misses a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, the analog stick wasn't right. there. Controls the time, were a huge right? problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's idea. That was originally a game built around one of the best controller innovations of all time, <laughs> and then ported to a system that didn't have that. So, and they added new stars and Wario. So that's cool. But uh, we've seen this game ported to Wii and Wii U in terms of virtual console, but. Mm-hmm. There's no version of it you can play on a modern Nintendo console. So you want, want? I'd want a whole remake. I would like too. Complete remake. So yeah. If they, what if they did like Mario 64 in the Super Mario Odyssey engine? Oh, right. Yeah, or like you know, cool. get what with Grezzo who did uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's yeah. Mask. Get them to port this game. I'm sure they're busy on some, something right now, but like something along those lines. It's sort of like, hey, we took this old game and it's an old N64 game, and now it looks modern. And here you go. It sounds. It's quick. surprisingly when you go back and play it now, it is surprisingly. It it just holds up. It does control wise, even the, the the camera for the most part. You know the the way you discover things in the world works really well. I, I'd say the the bosses are a little lame. Yeah, you know, I mean, just er, er, throw them off the the mountain mm. or whatever. It's except for the Bowser battle, which right. was really iconic. Uh, obviously, Dude, for its spoilers time too. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to see that game as well. What what, what about you? What's your what's your pick for so, Mario game? I know. Um, it was between Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario 3D World, mm-hmm. and I you'll you'll talk about Sunshine, so I'll just talk about 3D World. Um, that was a Wii U game, and I feel like just like New Super Mario Bros. U, a lot of people didn't play it because it was on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the last time I checked, the Wii U sold about like thirteen and a half million yep. units. Mm-hmm. The Switch has already surpassed that. So, so by definition, uh, there are like, some people well, that haven't yeah, played it yet. Yeah. So I think that would be a really easy, good choice. And I know a lot of people really liked it a I lot. I love that game. Uh, yeah. And it was also a game that I didn't get to play a lot of. I played it at a friend's house for a few hours and then I never got to play it again. Yeah, I think yeah. 3D <laughs> Land and 3D World are so much better uh, 2D Mario games than the new Super Mario Brothers franchise. Mm-hmm. Like I like I prefer those two games over any of the new Super Mario Brothers games. Like I'm right there with you. All the mm-hmm. positive things I just said about new Super Mario Brothers, U Deluxe Switch Two, good six golden coins. Um, <laughs> I would apply to 3D World tenfold. Um, that is an infinitely better co-op game. 3D Land is really fun, but the co-op stuff in 3D World and the cat power-ups are so good. Um, going through those levels and trying to hundred percent them and find all the extra coins and stuff. That's where uh, get the thing originated from. By the ah, way, yeah. there we go. Um, yeah, Give us I, that origin story. I honestly don't even think it's a matter of um, of if but when when we see that on Switch. And I don't think it'll be this year, but I think it'll be next year for sure. I think they'll they'll let a couple of ports this year cook, and then 3D World will kick off next year in the That'd same cool. way. That's cool. What do you think um, should come over? The unpopular opinion, I like Super Mario Galaxy 2 better than I like the original Super Mario Galaxy. Is that an unpopular opinion? Why. No, uh, I, I don't know. That. I feel like most people that, I've, that I talk to say that the original Galaxy is their favorite. but Because I it's fresher, right? Like when yeah. you play it for the first time. But I, th- I thought 2 was a better tweak game. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love Yoshi. I think that there's just like, because it's a variation on a theme and because they have all these sort of like B-sides for Galaxy 2, mm-hmm. um, I think that there's a lot more innovation in Galaxy 2. Not that not that Galaxy isn't like mind-blowing in the way that it, it does a lot of things, mm-hmm. but this game takes those things that are already awesome and improves upon them and multiplies them infinitely. Not infinitely, but yeah. like by quite a bit. Um, so I'd love to see. I think we're sort of at a deficit of Super Mario Galaxy in general. So yeah. I, honestly, either of those games coming to Switch would be great. But if I had to choose one, I would pick uh, Galaxy Two. I'll, I'll say that the level design in this in this game is, I, I would say, much more inventive than the first one, um, and also that it gets much harder. Yeah. Like the difficult mm-hmm. the way the difficulty scales towards the end of this game. This was I think one of the first Mario games where they were like, hey, we're gonna just go crazy at the finish line. Mm-hmm. And if you're there for it uh, and you want hundred percent this game, you will get a very difficult game. Yep, yep. Um what sucks about this game is that there's a couple of motion control based things that are just that I, I would like to see them gut entirely. Yeah. Like the weird like waggle stuff. The, the, yeah. The, there's a couple the, mini like games we have to like jumping balance. into the uh, oh that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean they could still do that. This with the, the, the like spinning the joy the joy or whatever the the Wiimote 
to uh, jump through a star. I think that was cool. That always but, felt satisfying. But how about just pressing the jump button? I agree. You know, I was totally. playing some more Grease, and in that one, you just press the jump button again whenever you touch the little sparkly butterflies, yeah. and it's the the exact same mechanic yep. as in in, the, in these games. Um, so, uh, speaking of difficult games, the the one I would love to see back, you already clairvoyantly hinted at it, is Super Mario Sunshine, uh, which what? came out in 2002. Often maligned, but a much better game than you remember. There, there are some. It, it is the one game with the roughest levels in any Mario game. Well, the like game the wasn't beach, finished. the beach level mm-hmm. where the weird manta rays paint stuff like it, ch- it chugs. Like you can, you can get it to drop to five sec, yeah. five frames per second. And then the pachinko machine, the camera can get stuck and mm-hmm. you die because you can't see. Like it felt like they had to put this out and they didn't tweak it as much as some of the other games. And I feel like it's time to fix that. It's upgrade it visually and give us that game back. It's been a long time since. Uh, uh, I, I've done any reading on Super Mario Sunshine, but I believe that the whole thing about it was that it was basically an unfinished game. They had mm-hmm. to put it out because the the GameCube needed a Mario game. But it also the needed point. to be out in the summer because right. they made this whole like beach theme and yeah. they were talking about it being so they a were, summer game. So they were up against a very hard deadline and there are parts of this game that you can see that they're just not they're just not complete. Like you're saying, that there's not a lot of QA that's that needed to happen and there's also things that like obvious chunks of the game are missing uh, especially later in the game um i would love to see them do like a legitimate not just a remaster but go back in and fix a lot of those things and and put the missing pieces back into this game and make it the masterpiece that it really could mm-hmm. be yep. because like i think this game is great if you know if i was a reviewer at the time giving it you know, like a review i'd probably do like an 8.5 mm-hmm. but this could have been a 9 or a 10 it, to be honest it, when i was a kid i didn't notice that it was unfinished yeah i didn't notice the things that uh, you guys are bringing up now I didn't until I 100%ed it. Um, the, there's like this purple coin chase. Dude, the very purple coin game. chase is brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it's, and I think the reward for it is just like one of the characters in the game laughing at you. Yeah. Like, it's not great. But, like, um, <laughs> but the flood mechanic in this game is phenomenal. It feels so good. Like, the, the jetpack feels really yeah. good. And this yeah. is the only mainline Mario game that we have never seen, seen anywhere else yet. ported in any capacity, which yeah. is insane to me. Like, yeah, and it, it never even made it to a virtual console or anything like that. So we've seen a lot of these puzzles repeated in Zelda games, for example, right? Like, there's a lot of kind of physics-based, like, spray water at a windmill to speed it up. We, we've seen some of that recycled in the past. And so if this is somebody's first Mario game, it probably doesn't feel as fresh as when what it felt like to us mm-hmm. uh, back then. But, like... This was the the one game that dared to give you these new powers that were almost making things a little too easy in some cases. Like, it is easier to land on a platform in this game because you can save yourself with the backpack, right? Yeah. But, but then they take it yeah, away. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, <laughs> the levels in which they take the, the flood away, like, you can feel, playing the, those levels now, uh, you can feel, like, the DNA of Super Mario Odyssey and in Galaxy, those levels yeah. and Galaxy, yeah, just in the way that it's, like, Super difficult platforming in a 3D space, like even more so in Odyssey than in Galaxy. I feel like you feel these flood levels, yep. like or yep. floodless levels, I mm-hmm. guess. But yeah. um, and there's so many nods to this game in Smash Brothers, which you know we've all been playing recently. So I think it'd be really cool to bring that back out and go like, hey, remember this? Yeah, yeah. So we just mentioned, you know, easily four games we would like to return in portable form on, on the Switch. Um, hopefully that happens. I mean, I, I want a brand new Mario game more than anything else, but uh, any of these, please, anytime. I have, huh? I have a touchy question. Okay. Do you guys think they deserve to be full price, considering their ports? Well, I don't think you have a choice, so, because that's one of the issues with uh, our little Super re-release yeah, here. So th- there's <laughs> a lot of controversy right now around new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe U version 2.3, <laughs> because it, it's a $60 game, Yep. Mm-hmm. but it's also however many years old, right? What, mm-hmm. six years old? Six years so, old. I do think that that given the added bonus that you have all the Luigi levels, yeah, which we forgot new, to mention, that was effectively yeah. its own it's retail. We, we package. talked about that last week. Yeah, it's 146 yeah. levels or 126 levels. I forget the total the total number, but you do have more levels. You do have extra characters. Um, still not enough to justify a full a full price tag to I, me. I think that if you want to put out Super Mario Sunshine, uh, if you want to put out Super Mario Galaxy. Make them digital only and mm-hmm. give it to us for twenty bucks. It's, yeah, like, it's, or it's remaster a, them and sell them for thirty, like they yeah. did on 3ds. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the number one justification I have seen for New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe Remix Remastered Two being sixty dollars is that it's going to sell well anyway, mm-hmm. which is not a good reason to sell something for sixty bucks. I Just because it's going to sell well doesn't mean it needs to be that yeah. price. You know, I guess well, they if it's did going to sell well, yeah. the new character. Yeah. but I don't think that justifies. 
it's going to sell well. Aren't you going to make it up on the back end anyway? So I I think you'll have a hard time finding anybody who thinks this practice is great Mm -hmm. or 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 thinks that thinks that it's justified. You know, if we're these are gap fillers that are games that you can buy elsewhere for cheaper, and you probably still have a Wii U or a a Wii in the house. I mean, Um, so I would love to see these. uh, They're probably loving it for sure down at GameStop. Yeah, (laughs) right. Or when the MPD numbers come in, for sure. This is going to be up there again. But it's totally it's totally worth it if you've never played the game. Like I still no but, uh, no they yeah. they're great games. Super Mario sixty four is not worth sixty dollars. No no not sixty four. Like, I'm talking about a new Super, new Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers. Yeah and well Plus. okay <laughs> maybe that was the wrong example. Sunshine 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 is not worth sixty dollars if uh, you've never played it before. I'm like sorry, you a, have to move a fully on, remastered right? Super Mario sixty four. Would you spend sixty bucks on it? If, if they it if they rebuilt it in the Odyssey engine, I would give them a hundred dollars because Super Mario sixty four is a brilliant amazing game. Stupid question. We're part of the problem. I know. But 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 guys, um. Might not matter at all because maybe Nintendo will not make any consoles in the future, so you don't have to worry transition. about this. Um, I don't so do this story, I hate this story. Well, you know, think, it's one okay. of those stories. So let, yeah, outline the story. Let's first. tell people yeah. first what happened, right? So Nintendo's new president, uh, Mr. Shuntaro Furukawa, uh, met with Nikkei, uh, story uh, Japanese uh, uh, trade uh, trade outlet, uh, that the company. M- and, and talked about a whole bunch of things, right? Like their their company performance, uh, what they would like to see, uh, what, what they would like to do in the future. And he dropped a couple of nuggets, and I, I'm sure it must have uh, it must have made the PR people at Nintendo in, in Japan uh, just uh, fall over and want to go on vacation uh, permanently. <laughs> but uh, he commented on the ups and downs of the business, and as we all know, uh, you know. They did really well with the Wii and not so well with the Wii U. And he said that he would like to reduce this instability and this fluctuation by, you know, focusing on Nintendo smart uh, phone game development. Now, hardcore gamers love mobile games. You know, when a Mm. new game like Diablo or Alien is announced, people go nuts because they're so happy. Are you trying sarcasm? Right now, is this what that was? That was uh, that was actually my first language that I spoke before. <laughs> uh, and then he talked about uh, continuing uh, non-gaming development, like you know, working with theme parks, like with Universal and movies. But he also dropped this nugget, and uh, thank you for uh, to Nintendo everything for translating this. Um, he said. We aren't really fixated on our consoles. At the moment, we're offering the uniquely developed Nintendo Switch and its software, and that's what we're basing how we deliver the Nintendo experience on. That being said, technology changes. We'll continue to think flexibly about how to deliver that experience as time goes on. It has been over 30 years since we started developing consoles. Nintendo's history goes back even farther than that, and through all the struggles that they faced, Wii U, the only thing that they thought about, Virtual Boy, was what to make next. He didn't really say those names. Uh, in the long term, perhaps our focus as a business should shift, uh, could shift away from home consoles. Flexibility is just as important as ingenuity. So that's scary, right? If the president of the company uh, that makes these consoles that we love so much says, uh, well, maybe in the future we'll shift away from consoles. That's a scary statement to drop in, a, in an investor interview like that. I don't think it's... Is it? I don't see. I don't think I it's think that scary. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think you're being sensationalist. Okay. Like, I, I don't think it. This yeah. just is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it's necessary. Necessarily scary because like, I don't really care about the console itself. Like, it's nice to hold a Super Nintendo controller and feel nostalgic. But I'd be just as happy to play a Mario. A game Vita instead on, of the Switch, right? Well, no. I'm saying like like to me, it's Nintendo games. It, it's about the games. It's about the software. Yeah. It's about the experience playing you know zelda mario etc not necessarily the fact that i'm playing it on my switch or on my gamecube like i don't in the same way that sega went software only after the dreamcast failed uh we still get sega games though now regardless of whether or not sega games are like amazing Mm -hmm. is a whole different conversation but if nintendo continued to make the same caliber of software uh for another system like i'd have no qualms with that I also think it's a lot less scary when you look at the roots of Nintendo as a company as well. I mean, it came out, they originated in from 1889 as a playing card company. And they just, it seems like they were just flexible and evolved with the times and made what was popular as time went on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that comment is, is that in the future, how many years that might be, maybe if home consoles aren't as popular anymore, they might shift focus to something else. And yeah. I think that's a totally reasonable thing to say. And it, I don't think it has anything to do with what will happen in the next year or two or five years. Yeah. It's also, 
indicative of the fact that we are losing a grip of what we could even call a home council anymore, right? And how much of a moving target that is. We've had this generation alone two effectively iPhone or mobile style stopgap consoles that came out between 2013 when the PS4 launched and then the PS4 Pro. Well, that's the, the Pro and the yeah. One X. Yeah. Or the fact that Off-way they... machines, the that, S2. Yeah, and that I don't think they specifically internally call the Nintendo Switch a console. It's mm-hmm. this console hybrid handheld. Uh, I don't think it means we're only going to get mobile games. I think it just means that, kind of what you alluded to, Zach, as long as Nintendo, without them necessarily going third party or anything, can figure out a way to get video games into our hands, however that method or vehicle is, I'm okay with that as well. I don't necessarily need a tangible box underneath my television that says Nintendo on it, as long as I'm still playing Nintendo games. Okay, so let's. I I, I was being sensationalist on purpose. Uh, I mean, look the 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 industry, the console and the hardware industry is moving towards something that is going to be very different from the console that we have today, right? That's yeah. the PlayStation Four has a, has powerful chipsets inside, costs a lot of money to make. You know, stores content locally, and uh, a company has to invest a lot of R and D to make make all that happen. And then the controllers, and the way you interface, and the online network networks. The, the world has gotten very complicated. And in the background, internet speeds have gotten faster and faster and faster every generation. And we are going to get to a point where our internet and, and our connectivity is so good that you no longer need the chipset on your living room. It just needs to be in a giant mm-hmm. company warehouse somewhere, you know, operating all these games that are being streamed to you uh, when they finally fast. Japan is already playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is one of the best-looking games I've ever seen on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> like, that that's already happening. That future is already here. And Resident Evil 7, yeah. And it, also Resident Evil 7, which is another game. It, so It I is and it isn't. You couldn't re- be playing this reliably everywhere you go, which is the selling point of the Switch. Not right? yet. Not yet. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, another thing to think of is that consoles are traditionally sold at a loss. Like the PS3 was sold, they they did not make profits on PlayStation 3s. And the Nintendo Switch is interesting in that they were not taking a loss on the initial sales. Nintendo, so, Nintendo not, historically yeah. doesn't take a loss yeah. on on hardware. But and other some people are except for Virtual Boy. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's that. But the, <laughs> let's also not count the number. Like let's not count out the the idea that there's been a number of times where the industry itself has said, "Oh, this is it for Nintendo." When when the Virtual Boy tanked, when uh, GameCube tanked, when the Wii U, the Wii U tanked. Yeah. Everybody's like, this is probably Nintendo's last home console, and what have they done every single time? They've yeah. turned around and delivered a home run. So, so we've, we've done Let's Plays of stuff like BS Zelda, which is them on yeah, the Famicom yeah. effectively saying, you know, we're going to beam this uh, sort of a, a eventized Zelda game to you. Have they been predicting this future since 1991? Yeah. Then there's also the, uh, the Nintendo 64 controller packed with games that they launched in China like yeah. years after the N64 came I, out the IQ, IQ I think it was yeah. called and it was just it was a plug and play controller with mm-hmm. games loaded on it like Mario 64 and like was that, is that a console too. like there's I think there's, there's also, nuance yeah here, and right? there's there's t- markets markets I love <laughs> markets there's markets right now that are playing Nintendo first party games on tablets yeah, yeah. so so, so here, here's here's why though. You know, again, this this comment can mean a lot of things, right? It can it can literally mean, hey, making making hardware is just too expensive. In the future, we would love to be a software company. And like, I personally don't have a problem with playing a Nintendo game on a on a powerful Xbox and Ugh, having Nintendo having Nintendo not worry about you know the the chipsets and all the R and D for the hardware. Stick that into game design, and we'll get more Mario games, right? What I'm worried about though is. If this, if if it means streaming box, by the way, it's fine. What I'm worried about is that we'll be missing out on some of the hardware-related innovations that Nintendo yes, has sure. put out, right? And just last year, they made a ton of money with uh, you know a classic con- console like the Super NES uh, Classic re-release. They could be doing that kind of stuff. They could be going the toy route. But I want them to keep on pushing control mechanisms. You know, the concept of you may hate the Wii now, but it, it did something special and brought people into games that other companies hadn't thought of. But I think they can I do, toy doesn't count. They can do all of that without a set top box. It, exactly. You know, and, well, and yeah, not only that, but imagine uh, the. Orwellian horror of a 4K photorealistic m- Mario. We're yeah. getting there on PlayStation 4, where it's yeah. just like a real live slimy small man running I mean, they around. Really they, made, they gave him one gray hair in Odyssey. Like they're experimenting with that. How I don't know how deep they can get with the gene textures in Smash Brothers, but they're getting closer. <laughs> Those genes look real. They look really good. Um, so yeah, I I I think there's wiggle room there. I think that 
I'm glad that at least one company is constantly saying what what are video games? It's like a very heady pothead conversation, but they're like, what, like, what is a video game system? What is, how do we deliver video games? I know, I already know what the next PlayStation and the next Xboxes are going to be, right? They're going to yeah, be boxes. PlayStations and Xboxes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have no idea what comes next after switch. I know 20 years from now, they're going to resell all of us a switch. That's like just plug and play. It has a whole bunch of stuff on it already, yeah. you know, in the same way. Look, I, the Switch it's Classic. the exact same thing, except it's like this big. It's this small. It's the Switch Classic. <laughs> <And> tiny <laughs> I, 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 am exci- I am excited if the future of Nintendo is to make games on, on hardware and, you know, use their savvy to create unique control mechanisms and all of that, right? Like the future console is going to be a, a streaming a channel on your, on your television anyway, but... You know, looking at their earnings report, like the the last one I saw in it's in September, they made uh, eighteen point seven billion yen on smartphone mm-hmm. games, right? Just through microtransactions and buying like Mario um, whole, and that compared yeah. that compared <laughs> to thirty nine billion in digital downloads of their packaged good software. So their their digital market on the Switch and the 3DS was thirty nine billion, and like. They they didn't release a ton of smartphone games. They released a ton that's, of other games. That's like, yen, right? Yen, yes. Okay. Yeah, you got <laughs> to we, we should take off. Far. You got to take off. Did I say dollars? You got to take off two zeros, right? Yeah. So thirty nine billion yen. You take off two zeros of that. You get your dollars. Um, yeah, three hundred ninety. Yeah, three point nine billion. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, uh, no, one more. Three hundred ninety. Yeah. Uh, that means the smartphone revenue is gonna surpass di- at least digital downloads. If they put out Mario Kart Tour and some of the the other uh, mobile games that they have in the works, oh right, I just don't want the mobile market to become so attractive where they go. All right, we'll just go mobile only. No, I because wanna... I want them to make I want them to make Joy-Con as you guys. Well, I want it to. Way, here are the, uh, the the special edition. Uh, Those look dope. Smash Brothers. I'm I'm okay with their mobile market making a ton of money. I just want it to exist in parallel with yeah. the games that they're making here on 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 systems because. Every version that we've gotten of a mobile game so far has been a sort of pared down version of the yeah. stuff we can see on consoles. Mm-hmm. Animal Crossing, Mario Run, I loved both those games on mobile. Um, those are not those are not like you know a sort of full fledged Mario game or a full fledged Animal Crossing mm-hmm. game. Mario Run came close, yeah. but still, it's it's missing a lot of the sort of the. the core elements of what what I come to expect from those games. And that's ultimately that's ultimately though what's at, at risk here, right? Like if you love something that is so fantastic but it doesn't make as much money as the thing that you like slightly less, that's the risk. I know. Right? And like there aren't as many Metroid games as there are Mario games because they just never made as much money and there hasn't been an F0 game in a long time because GX didn't sell that well, you know. It sucks. It was so good. I'm so sorry. Um, I know. But someday, someday we'll get that back and excite bike and all of that stuff. Um, we should uh, just quickly. What, what do you think in like uh, in like five years, right? Like the Switch just came out. The typical console cycle, uh, not counting Wii U, is usually around five years to seven years. Extreme uh, length. Sometimes Xbox 360 to Xbox One was eight years, which probably cost them the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Where do you think Nintendo is going to be in 2022? So in five years, the Switch has now run its course. Do you think they'll have another box? Do you think they'll make another console? Do you think they'll be a, a software company only like Sega? Um, do you think they'll be a streaming book box or a service company? you think they're a mobile company? you think they're I, a toy maker? I think in three years they... Well, not in three years. I, I bet you sometime next year they iterate on the Switch and, and release some sort of like streamlined version of the stri- Switch, yep. Switch 2.0. Yeah. Um, we've heard rumors of uh, sort of like an entry-level Switch uh, where the Joy-Con don't detach. and uh-huh. you can It's strictly a portable Life console. Exactly, something along those lines. Um, so I think that's step one in the same way that there's a PlayStation 4 Pro and an Xbox One X. Uh, and then I think in five years you're looking at it. Like, I, I think that these comments... If they are talking about getting out of the console market, we're decades away from that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think that that is pie in the sky, you know, t- 10 years away at least before they decide to fully go, like, only streaming or only software. I think we're going to see some sort of new console from them. I wouldn't be surprised. I think if so, they, too. I wouldn't be surprised if they take this Switch blueprint and iterate on that and make a full-blown, like, Switch 2.0 that's, you know, some some sort of further innovation from yeah, this. Yeah, the weird risk on that is that their handheld and console divisions have always sort of like worked like next to each other. And so when one of them wasn't doing well, the other one mm-hmm. could the other sort one of support everything, yeah. right? And they had that weird third pillar thing happening 
during the GameCube era. Um, well, the handheld market is yeah. now shifting to mobile. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where those developers went as well. Although we've seen, I think, a lot come back towards the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that this was a very calculated risk. Um, and it's why I think they planned for years of support on 3DS, because in case this struck out, mm-hmm. they would still have something that was lucrative. Merging both of those things forever, um, I'm for it as a fan of Nintendo stuff because it means I get to get all my Nintendo games in one place. But if they put out that next thing and it hinges on some weird gimmick and it goes Wii U and it tanks, that's a huge, huge problem. I think that's what I'm saying, though, is like they're still running on a two-pillar operation, right? Like the 3DS probably goes away, but those that mobile market becomes the 3DS successor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they play it safe and iterate on the Switch in the same way that they've iterated on the DS line yeah. in the, for, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, yeah. like the new 3DS with the new Switch with better processing power that can keep up with the newer consoles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I mean, it will be it will probably be seen as a very positive trade for uh, for Nintendo shareholders, right? Um, to switch the 3DS market, which still involves you marketing hardware, manufacturing hardware, you have all that cost um, for the console, to the mobile market, if the mobile market can outpace it, and it, it, it will, right? Your margins are so much bigger, and mm-hmm. shareholders care not just about top-line revenue, but about the margins of the company as well. And, um, you know, I... I, I it, I feel like they will have this this two pillar strategy with their their hardware for a while, definitely for the next ten years, and then they'll have mobile, and then they'll do all the stuff now, the kind of gamer lifestyle stuff with uh, with movies and uh, right amusement parks. Yeah, that's it's probably right. a pretty good future for that company. Toys, yeah, yeah, toys. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much merch with all those yeah. Nintendo games yeah. for sure. So. Don't be too scared yet. Let's see what happens. Uh, let's move on to this uh, little uh, thing we call question blocks. It's Some a game. People, <laughs> it's not a game. Um, you where can play we, at home. <laughs> where we take questions from uh, from our fans. Uh, you know, either you can email us at nvc at ign.com or uh, we we grab some questions from our uh, Facebook group, the uh, Nintendo Podcast Forums. Um, it's an invite-only uh, forum, so if you if you want to join join it, just uh, head on, quick, over to Facebook. Quick note on that: if you're serious about joining, answer the questions. Yep. All right, I get a lot of people in there with requests; they don't answer the questions. I cherish that's wrong. what they're there for. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So thank you very much to uh, everybody who asked the question. There were actually a couple of hundred, and we had to only uh, pick a few. We'll see how much time we have. But the first one was sent to us at nvc at ign.com. Comes from Sindra. He says, hello from Norway. I'm a long-time listener and love the weekly banter. It really puts uh, some flair to my otherwise boring chores and commute to work. I have what I feel is a crazy but awesome theory for Nintendo's eventual release of uh, Skyward Sword Remaster. In order to fully capitalize on the motion controls that drove the game, along with the remaster, Nintendo will release a full Labo set with a sword and shield that work with the Joy-Con motion controls so that you are actually holding the items just like Link and respond to the slashing of the sword. It would probably come with lots of design problems and flaws, but if any company is crazy enough to try it, it would definitely be Nintendo. What do you think? I love his ambition uh, <laughs> and idealism. I, I want to see him uh, playing this on a train. Because this is ultimately a handheld, so bring it on. Yeah, bring your cardboard on the train and play Skyward Sword. Yeah, not a chance, right? I mean, this seems so crazy. I love this email. I read it and did a good guffaw over it because, like, it seems like such a ridiculous. I I don't really know, like, how much longer Nintendo will support Labo. So there will be more Labo this year. Yeah. For sure. You will see more Labo kits this year. You definitely would. I would play it. Maybe not on a train, but like maybe in the office or people will laugh at me. I love the idea of like people being like, all right, Skyward Sword is really ambitious, but like it had some major, you know, uh, control barriers and people felt very frustrated. What should we do? And someone's like, triple down on it. (laughs) Go crazy with it. Do more. (laughs) Yeah, and just because I said I'd play it, that doesn't mean I wouldn't absolutely (laughs) hate it as much as I did. Just see Casey out there in the middle of Golden Gate Park with a cardboard sword and shield, (laughs) I want switch strap. To her face. No one would bother me. That's I want this yeah. as an option yeah, because people would yeah. be terrified. Yeah. yeah. All right, all, all right, Sindra, we're we're putting in a good word for this. We, the good we news is it. that you can play Skyward Sword at home right now with cardboard on you, and no one will know. <laughs> yeah. Just all right, you. Next, next question. Maybe you'll take this one, Zach. This is from Justin Pua from the Nintendo Voice Chat Facebook forums. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Um, if you had any access to Super Mario Power Up, which would it be, and what would you use it for? Um, obviously, the cape from Super Mario World. And I would use it for flying to work. 
<laughs> because I hate taking the bus. Cape, yeah. cape, yep. 100%. Yeah. Or give me that little squirrel nut. I'll take that too. It's pretty good. That little <laughs> flying squirrel nut. <laughs> you don't like that little flying squirrel nut? This is just a weird sense. This is just a weird thing to say on a podcast. Um, I would pick the frog power up. So what? I could trick the Who? frogs into thinking I was one of them. Uh, okay. What? Hop in one of those ponds that Casey was talking about. Is this earlier. like a childhood like dream? I've always wanted to be a giant frog. No, <laughs> I'm just being stupid. It doesn't matter. It's fake. Right. It's, it's not real. It <laughs> might happen now. Who knows? Oh. Casey, what do you want? I'm going to be kind of lame and say I would want the the clock item that gives you additional time. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> for, for life? But, but, for life. but <laughs> I'm assuming, but there has to be a caveat. So there's always the problem with time control powers. If you freeze time to get uh-huh. extra time to do whatever you want, are you aging during that time? Because if so, yeah. I don't want that power. In Mario Cannon, you're still aging. So when sorry. are you going to take the clock? Because like, if you get it at like 99 and you're just like old and peeing yourself and you have 10 more years of that, that's not a good look. No, I mean, like, so if you have it and you don't age, if you could just freeze time and you're not aging during that time the world around you just freezes you have unlimited extra time to do whatever you want with that's amazing i'm not here to talk about like the 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 physics of time and space but if you're still doing normal person stuff and everything else is frozen i assume you're probably still aging yeah well it's a magical clock zach so maybe it gives you that extra perk anyway long story short (laughs) cape very I nice. think the bee is really good too. Our next question, Trick Casey. <laughs> Casey, maybe you want to take this one from Ronnie Anthony from the Nintendo Voice Chat Facebook forums. Um, why hasn't Square brought the Kingdom Hearts collection to Switch yet? Do they not like money? Uh, probably not. So I, I, I <laughs> called Square and they said they do like money. They love it. That's why they're putting forty Final Fantasy games on the system. <laughs> Do you get? I mean, what do you think about Kingdom Hearts coming to Switch? Do you think it will happen? Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. It would make absolutely. So I much can't sense. believe that it hasn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many Kingdom Hearts games that came out on the uh, DS. I don't know. Maybe they have we, some other. So we've asked them a couple of times, and uh, you know, our news editors, Andrew Goldfarb, Jonathan asked uh, Square every time they see him. Jonathan is a huge Kingdom Hearts fan. Jonathan has a tattoo on his forehead yeah. that just says "Switch when." Like and, anytime he talks to anybody, and so they like, always say, you know, he says, "Why? When are you going to bring Kingdom Hearts three to uh, Switch?" By the way, it runs on the Unreal Engine, so port's probably not that hard. And they always say, "We have no plans right now. Let us focus on this game." Like I think the answer is they've been trying to make three for so long. Yeah. They just want to get their skews out, and then they want to worry about the other versions. But there's also something uh, to be said about size, right? We got um, the story so far came out last year that's nine games in one kingdom hearts 1.5 plus and 2.5 hd remix yeah why haven't those come out on the switch it's 45 gigs so Uh those are big collections those are big games and doom doom was like 30 right and that was that was already huge and you had to download the multiplayer mode on top of that so you only got half the game you can't do that with kingdom hearts uh, and then uh, Mar- by compare by comparison, our wonderful Mario Odyssey is five point seven yeah. gigs mm-hmm. by comparison. So this is literally also much better. These yeah. are literally <laughs> games that are ten times out. as large. That and is so not okay. <laughs> may- maybe maybe they're waiting for cartridges to get cheaper. Yeah, yeah. maybe some massive games. Yeah. Um, Brian, you want to take the next one? Sure. Which one are we going from with? From Miles Baker from the f- podcast forums. Miles Baker asks, what industry's trends are you seeing as a result of the success of the Switch? With the success, can't spell today. With the success of the Wii, we saw the industry focus on casual gamers and motion controls. Are we seeing similar trends this generation? I don't know. I don't really know about trends. I think this yeah. I saw What what do you th- software you trend? Uh, I think people console players are playing indies. Yeah. yeah. And 100%. we haven't seen, you know, Microsoft has tried, obviously, with Xbox Live Arcade back in the days. Uh, Sony's got uh, promoted some some indies like Journey to great success. But no other platform are these games just performing so well outside of yeah. Steam. The the indie games, like, we saw, uh, uh, you know, we saw some indie devs tweeted. Huh? You got to quit doing that. You keep setting your switch down right in the path of the light and it just beams me right in Oh, the that's what's happening. <laughs> I'm wondering why you Sorry, would be shifting my switch around. Yeah. Um, How's that? How's it work? You're like good. This? No, yeah. stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think uh, console gamers are finally paying attention to some of the smaller games because they're perfect to play on the go on a system that has decent uh, joysticks and yeah. buttons. They're also rebuying old stuff yeah. like crazy, <laughs> which too. I think is a giant argument against backwards compatibility in mm-hmm. future consoles. Yep. Um, I said this on Beyond this week, but the most successful systems this generation, or at least currently, I think are the Switch and the PS4, and neither of them have backwards compatibility. And the Xbox One like really honed in on that, and I don't think it significantly helped them in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Plus, you look at the MPD and people are buying GTA Five. They're yeah. buying Mario Kart Eight. They'll buy New Super Mario Brothers U. They're, they're sort of normalizing the idea of like this like consistent re-release from a previous generation. Yeah. In a way that it's like okay, we don't have a backwards compatibility option. We don't have a virtual console. But if you want to play Burnout Paradise on your PS4, guess what? We there got it is. that. Yeah. yeah. I think the other trend is that they've succeeded in making me buy way more controller colors. That's that's that, your own deal. Yeah. yeah. That hasn't happened to you guys. That's so weird. I have a couple. House of a Thousand Joy-Cons. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was a. Uh, I had a wonderful time talking with you about things uh, that were in Fire Emblem this week. Oh. Um, we'll come back to Fire Emblem. Yeah, yeah. later this year. And, and honestly, like <laughs> I, I feel like you will love those games if you just give them a chance. I have to give it a shot now. I'm painting, my, painting myself into a corner. So good. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some let's plays with uh, with Mr. Zach here and get them to play them. But um, I want to thank you, the listeners and the viewers, for uh, tuning in to NVC again. Even though Zach didn't host, and he's by far the best host of the show, uh, the, the show ever had. <laughs> he's a wonderful man. Go on. Um, if you like the show, please, you know, watch us on YouTube every uh, Friday at 3, is that right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, on IGN before that, early, one day early at 3 p.m. on Thursdays. Uh, if you don't like any of that video stuff, you can, of course, also subscribe to our show on iTunes or your podcast service of uh, choice, including that janky iOS podcast app. That we love so much. I use that. That's fine. Yeah, it's not great. But anyway, you can listen to us in the car, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed our little Nintendo discussion. We'll come back for more next week. Where can people find you when you're not on NVC? You can find me on Twitter at ShinyKCD. I'm on Twitter at Agent Bizzle. Uh, I'm currently taking a break from social media, but typically I'm on Twitter at Zachariah Steve. Wow, there's a story there. We're going to dive into that after the camera shuts off. And I'm Pear IGN everywhere. Thank you so much. We're out. See you next week. Get the thing.